In the meantime, there is a public memorial today in Houston, the hometown of George Floyd. The first memorial, of course, took place last week in Minneapolis, where George Floyd died while in police custody. The Reverend Gia Star Brown is an associate pastor in Minneapolis, and she's been talking about the need for healing and finding a way forward. And the Reverend joins us now here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Reverend, good afternoon. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm encouraged that this is an important conversation um, in your networks. It certainly is. Uh, First of all, uh, what's the mood in Minneapolis right now as we begin a new week? Uh, Focused, uh, very focused, uh, looking at uh, next steps um, and um, how to continue the conversation, how to um, ensure that the momentum remains and that people are understanding that um, this was not just a, um, a one-time um, issue or concern that people are protesting about, but that um, this is a marathon um, and one that we are asking for um, commitment from the community to continue. We, of course, have seen nightly protests in your country. We had a big turnout in our city over the weekend and really right across uh, Canada. Do you believe that we truly are then at a turning point? Um, I do. Um, I think that, um, you know, um, people are hearing the news um, differently. I think that people's own personal experiences um, with this narrative. I mean, we all, for example, George Floyd represents so many of us and so many of our stories. Um, and, um, and I think that uh, because we're able to make these connections, um, I think that we are at a turning point. I think the question is whether or not, we'll, whether or not we will acknowledge that turning point and continue that path or whether we will remain on the, um, on the narrow-minded path that, that we have been on. I wanted to ask you about uh, some of the news coming out of Minneapolis. Members of the city council there have vowed to dismantle the police force. Now, Reverend, there's been lots of talk here in Toronto about that. As a matter of fact, we're due to hear from our police chief uh, next hour as there's been a call to take 10% of police funding and put it towards community resources. Do we know exactly there in Minneapolis dismantled the police force? Is there a sense over what that would entail or what that would look like? No, um, you know, uh, for uh, the wider community, um, this acknowledgement, um, this statement where nine of the 13 votes um, of community council um, acknowledging that change is needed um, really provided um, kind of set the table for for the community to um, understand and to acknowledge that there has been um, a long-standing history of racial injustice and intentional discrimination against African Americans. And so, when they made this um, this monumental statement, they didn't provide um, in their statement a clear illustration of what a um, uh, another form of policing might look like. Um, and this is just the first step to a very long, again, another marathon of. Um, you know, acknowledging first that change is needed um, and beginning to um, invite voices to the table to uh, begin to imagine and construct how this might be feasible, um, there would need to be a public vote uh, by uh, all uh, residents in Minneapolis um, to um, to take that step. Um, and so I think this is just the beginning of a, of a long um, um, of a long process, but one that is um, I consider it a win in the fact that um, it is actually highlighting and acknowledging the disparate treatment that African Americans have received for um, uh, an unsurmountable amount of time. 
uh, by the Minneapolis Police Department. I'm glad you mentioned voices at the table, because I was, I was going to ask you about that, Reverend. I mean, is that step number one, is to make sure that all of the stakeholders are at this table and have a voice? Um, I do. I think, well, I think, I think step number one is awareness. I think step number one is acknowledging that there is indeed a problem and, and validating the experiences and the cries of uh, members of the black community um, that we have cried um, for so long. I think that is step one um, is to bring that awareness. And step two is to invite voices to the table. Um, I, I anticipate um, that this, that this, uh, that initial conversation and that statement yesterday is the first of, of plenty of conversations and forums and listening sessions for people to be able to share their thoughts and their visions um, and to invite some um, a variety of of experts and residents to the table to um, to share thoughts and put together I would assume um, you know several cohesive plans for the residents in Minneapolis to consider. Just finally, you've spoken about the need for change and the need to move forward. Just uh, how exactly do you envision that uh, in your mind? How exactly can that much-needed change finally occur? I think we need to, uh, to to define what change means. You know, I was really um, encouraged by Reverend Al Sharpton's statement in his um, in his in his eulogy um, for George Floyd uh, here in Minneapolis last week when he said, "Some folks don't want peace; they want quiet." Um, and so we know that peace for some, there's a definition of peace being uh, quiet and tranquility, but there's also a definition of peace, which says a period where there is no war. Right. Um, and so I think next steps is to, is to um, you know, for us and moving forward is to, uh, you know, when you uh, you begin to care about people, when you spend time with them, I've invited a lot of people in our communities to, um, you know, in the wider community to come and to um, to to get to know their neighbors, to spend time, um, you know, understanding what life is like and to cultivate relationships, because when you care about people, then you care about what they care about, um, and you share, um, and your stories intertwine. And so as we're talking about healing what next steps are, um, we've got to be intentional um, and intense about um, cultivating these relationships. I think this is a call for, this is a call to the church. I think this is a call to every church. I think this is a call to um, uh, to every uh, community to take a look at where um, the disparities are in their communities and um, um, and um, you know to consider what uh, what healing might look like. Um, and we can't. Um, I think as a as a in our especially in our country, um, you know. Um, there are only certain people who seem to who who have taken the lead in defining what change looks like and what peace looks like and what healing looks like. Um, and so um, we need to shift that narrative. We need to invite um, those who are experiencing trauma, those who are victims of racial injustice, to have an active voice in what their healing process and what that journey um, looks like for them. And um, uh, and it's a it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And one of the things I have said um, in previous conversations is, is that, um, you know, this is collective grief. What we're looking at out here, these protests and the cries, um, the marches, this is collective grief. People who are grieving, um, you know, the reality that um, there are an extraordinary amount of people um, who have been, um, uh, who, have, who are victims of injustice and people who are grieving the fact that um, we all have a brother or a son or a cousin who is George Floyd. Floyd, who um, who has been or 
will be the victim of this injustice. And 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 so this is collective grief. And anytime we know people, uh, we know that people are grieving. Um, some of the things we do is we wrap our arms around them. We sit. We listen. We engage. We bring food. Um, we connect. Um, and so this is a call and an opportunity um, for our communities to do that. To wrap our arms around. Um, the black community, to tell the black community, we believe you, um, we see it, we acknowledge this injustice and this pain, um, and we're standing and marching with you as we work to, to repair not only broken windows, uh, but broken dreams. Reverend Gia Star Brown joining us from Minneapolis this afternoon. Really appreciate the conversation and the time. Hope we can talk again soon. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.